You're listening to Gonzo Gaming. Noah's Ark. If you're heavily religious or easily offended, it's probably best to skip this one. I came up with this episode of Gonzo Gaming after watching the recently released fourth Ricky Gervais stand-up routine, Science. It's not his best work. In fact, it depressed me how little of the deeply ingrained intelligent insight he's capable of was on display. It made me go back and watch his earlier shows, and watching Animals, I was reminded of something I drummed up the first time I saw it, way back in 2004. It's a long, hard look at the story of Noah's Ark. The story goes that after Adam and Eve left the garden, things in the world went from bad to worse. People were wicked and disrespectful of God and one another. You could blame upbringing. I mean, it's not like he did anything particularly nice for them since turfing their ancestors out of paradise. Either way, it's a right palaver, and God's just looking at how tits up his work has gone, shaking his head, and according to Eddie Izzard, considering the etch-a-sketch end of the world. This means he's going to wipe every man, woman, child, and every other organism off the face of the planet. Bit harsh, making the hippopotamus, the haddock, and the butterfly pay for some anti-social men and women, but as we've been told many times before, the guy moves in mysterious ways. So he's decided to save a bit of it. A good human family, two of every animal. Doesn't mention fish birds or insects, but most of them live in a very delicate ecosystem, so we have to assume they were also brought on board to escape the rising waters and ecological chaos around the corner. So let's look at the Ark itself. It's described as being made of gopher wood, which tree specialists today can only guess at. Some have said cypress wood. It was covered in pitch within and without. 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits deep. A cubit is the oldest unit of measurement, and it's estimated at 52.4 centimetres. So according to the King James Bible, the ark was 157 metres long, 26 metres wide, and 16 metres high. For comparison's sake, Britain's HMS Belfast is 186 metres long, 21 metres beam, which is the nautical term for widest point. Not that that appears to be the wording in the Bible, but we must assume that it was boat-shaped and not just a big block. 16 metres high and a further 6 metres draught, which is the point below the waterline. Again, the Bible doesn't mention that. Now, looking at pictures of it, and having been on it myself, I can attest that the similarly sized Belfast is a big boat. But let's take a look at what Noah had to cram into his. According to the Department of Systematic Biology, there are between 3 and 30 million species of animal on the planet today. 97% of those are invertebrates, but even without backbones, you'd imagine God would want to keep at least two of each around. Another 1 to 30 million species of insects, which are probably going to be the hardest to convince to stay in one place. There are 9,000 species of bird, 10,000 species of sponge, which are quite useful on a boat that's going to get waterlogged and filthy pretty quickly. 100,000 types of mollusk, 23,500 species of ray-finned fish, 7,984 kinds of reptile, 5,400 amphibians, and finally the ones we habitually see walking onto the ark in every picture, 4,475 species of mammal. So a male African elephant stands about 4 metres tall and weighs about 4,500 kilograms. So throw in a female and two Asian elephants and a conservative estimate on the combined weight is around 14,000 kilograms or 14 metric tonnes. Just for one species. But let's look at the smaller ones because most aren't as big as the elephant, obviously. Think of the koala. Pocket size, they only weigh about 12 kilograms, although there are four subspecies, including the Victorian, the New South Wales, and the English Golden, that were probably called something different back then. 
That's still only 96 kilograms of koala to get on your ship. Easy. Now, something that's not mentioned that I think is pretty important. Koalas eat 500 grams of eucalyptus a day. So Noah would have had to stock up. Although there are over 700 varieties of eucalyptus, and the koala, being a picky little fucker, only eats some of them. So he must have lucked out there. Also, eucalyptus is poisonous to other species, so we're going to have to assume Noah had a locked room for that. Because, frankly, the koalas can't be trusted not to eat all of it. You have to think about rationing this stuff, because apparently the water's prevailed upon the Earth for 150 days, which is five months on a ship full of animals and sponges. So for 150 days, these eight koalas are eating 500 grams of eucalyptus leaves each. That's 300 metric tons of eucalyptus. The only possible explanation is that Noah must have been growing a few eucalyptus trees on board somewhere. I have no idea where he found the energy for all of this. So a male lion can eat up to 30 kilograms of raw meat in one sitting, and they're really not fans of old meat. Plus, there's no freezing or refrigeration capabilities in those days. So let's face it, you're going to need a gazelle a day per lion for 150 days. So Noah must have been thrilled at the prospect of welcoming those 302 Thompson gazelles on board, 99% of which were there purely to feed the lions, plus the 22,500 bales of hay he would need just to keep the gazelles alive. Put yourself in Noah's position. Cram all of those animals, all of that food, five months' worth of drinking water for 30 million, and a ton of antibacterial hand gel, because you don't want to catch anything while you're mucking out, into HMS Belfast. Then get yourself inside and grab a broom handle to poke away all those drowning wicked people for the first day or so of rain. Then spend 150 days with the same seven people, feeding mosquitoes with your own blood and moving the shark around manually to keep it alive. I say shark, there are 880 of the fuckers. God, sometimes you just don't come through. God, sometimes you just don't come through. Do you need a woman to look after you? God, sometimes you just don't come through. One thing bugs me, though. Once the water subsided and the ark had landed, Noah and his wife and his sons, Ham, Shem and Japheth, and their wives journeyed out into the new and bountiful land. As you can imagine, they were all still pretty tense and in the need of a holiday and a drink or two. So they grew vineyards, and one thing led to another, and one night Noah was off his face and bollocked naked. So Ham, who's first outside to see what all the noise is, pokes his head into his father's tent and says, Ah, cover it up, Dad. Noah's somewhat worse for wear at this point, so Ham tells his brothers, and out of deference to their father, Shem and Japheth walk backwards into the tent and cover up his shame. Good lads. These days Noah would be on Facebook within two minutes. But after the months on the boat stuck with these guys, Noah snaps. He's something of a mean drunk and singles out Ham to go mental at. Noah then curses Canaan, Ham's youngest son. Here's the exact phrasing. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Bit unfair on Canaan, who was obviously absolutely fuck all to do with this, and since even Ham's crime was just to see his father's penis. However, here's where it gets really nasty. In the Middle Ages, European scholars of the Bible picked up on the idea of viewing the sons of Ham, or Hamites, as cursed, possibly blackened by their sin. Though early arguments of this effect were sporadic, they became increasingly common during the slave trade of the 18th and 19th centuries. 
The justification of slavery itself through the sins of Ham was well suited to the ideological interests of the elite, and with the emergence of the slave trade, its racialized version justified the exploitation of a ready supply of African labor. Significantly, this interpretation of scripture was never adapted by the African Coptic churches. In other words, a bunch of rich white fucks proclaimed to the masses that Noah slash God struck Ham black for his sins, and that his sons were meant to be slaves for everyone else. Like I said, believe in whatever you want, but from my perspective, that's international transracial exploitation and all kinds of fucked up. But to lighten the mood a little bit, here's the crux of the piece. I am not in any way disparaging anybody's religion with this. You guys are free to believe in whatever you wish. I like to ask questions. But this is about my bafflement at the people I've met and the thousands I haven't who believe the Bible word for word as a historical, factual text. Because a few years ago, when I was working at TGI Fridays and I'd first seen Ricky Gervais' Animals show, I formulated this conundrum you've just heard and asked one of the girls who worked there with me. She was a sweet, lovely, and heavily religious girl who was, at the time, fairly excited about going to see Mel Gibson's movie The Passion of the Christ. Regardless of her beliefs, she was a lot more pleasant to be around than some of the bar staff. After listening to my workings out, she furrowed her brow for a long time, before exclaiming brightly, Well, obviously the lions would have had enough to eat, because we have lions today. I can't argue with that. 